Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. Still 1-0 Rangers in the World Series as we enter the eighth inning in that one. Lakers, Clippers about to tip off in a few minutes here. 18-10, Warriors with a lead over the Kings. 6-10 to go in the first quarter there. And uh, look at the Timberwolves. Going to come away with a win at home over the Nuggets. 110-89. they got 17 seconds to go. Just dribble this thing out. That's going to be your ball game there. How about those Timberwolves? It. Are they for real, Trista? I don't know if they're for real. I just know they beat the Nuggets a lot. Nuggets said that they were the toughest team that they faced in the bad playoffs. Bad matchup for them. Yeah. Very bad matchup. Pesky. Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns want to make you know, uh, Jokic's life a living hell, and, and they do it. Even though he succeeds, he, they'd still make it tough. All right, we got Steelers and Titans Thursday night football from Pittsburgh tomorrow night. Steelers two and a half point favorites. Low total in this one. It is a Thursday night game. Got a couple of young quarterbacks. 36 and a half is what we're looking at there right now. Chris Carter is from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, also the Locked On Steelers podcast. We've had you on multiple times, and I got to be honest with you, man. I'm excited about this game, and I really hope that I'm, uh, I'm not going to regret that uh, offensively, at least between these two teams. Uh, but let's look at the defensive side actually here first for Pittsburgh. Minka Fitzpatrick out hamstring injury. That's certainly a big loss for the Steelers and that secondary. Just put in perspective what that means with that loss of him not being out there. And also, what are the Steelers going to have to do to kind of make up for that as best they can? Well, one thing we've seen with Minka Fitzpatrick this year is typically he's been the, the, the free safety that ranges around in the back, and he would be the guy. That's why he had to total so many interceptions over the past several years with the Steelers. But this year, they've been lining him up everywhere, in the slot, outside cornerback, strong safety, in the box, everywhere, because they're trying to let him impact so many different plays in different ways, and it's been helping because he's making big plays and big tackles at the line of scrimmage. So not having him there is going to take away that big chess piece that they have, and it's going to force the Steelers to have to win in other ways. Now, I will say this. Despite their loss to the Jaguars, I I thought by and large the Steelers' safeties actually kind of held up. They threw in Miles Killebrew, who's their special teams ace, and you know has a few starts under his belt in his in his time in the NFL. Uh, Keanu Neal didn't have his best game, but he at least was in position. Demonte KZ did a solid job, and they kind of made it so like, hey, they're not a liability without Minka Fitzpatrick. But he certainly is not having the X factor is is going to be a problem. But the Steelers get back an X factor in Cam Hayward, who's coming off injured reserve, and that's such a huge boost to this defensive front. Not just because of Cam Hayward's skill level, and I know he's older, but. That guy is a leader. He is the soul of the team. I know T.J. Watt is kind of the heart. He keeps everything going. But when I'm talking about the guy that literally leads this team, everyone gets behind, it's Cam Hayward. And things are just different when he's in the lineup. I think that's going to be a big boost to this defense across the board. Chris, obviously I think uh, Kenny Pickett has the higher ceiling than Mitch Mitch Trubisky. But when you look at this offensive line, like Dan Moore Jr. has given up pressure on 12.8% of pass plays. James Daniels hasn't been very good. Do you almost feel like maybe – just because he's fully healthy and he can move around a little bit, Trubisky might be the better option right now with Pickett dealing with a rib injury, a leg injury. He's just a little bit dinged right now, and he can't move around very well. I feel like the Steelers are just trusting Kenny Pickett to be able to make those plays because the same thing happened uh, after the Texans game. He took a he took an even crazier hit in that one. I thought he was going to be out for multiple weeks. Then he comes back out and beats the Ravens and throws a game-winning touchdown pass to George Pickens against the defense that really gets after it. Uh, I think one answer for the Steelers needs to be starting Broderick Jones. Um, you know, he started against the Ravens, looked really good, shut down Jadavia and Clowney in that game. Um, they went to a bye week, Dan Moore came back, and they started him again. 
and he was good against the Rams. Like, the Steelers' offensive line actually had a really good day against Aaron Donald and the Rams in that game. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe they've turned a corner. And then, nope, they have their worst game of the season, offensive line, you know, performance-wise against the Jaguars. And, you know, the hit wasn't because of that. The hit was a late hit that should have been penalized, and I still don't understand what the NFL's reasoning was for not penalizing it. But, um, you know, but by and large, the offensive line does need to be better. And if Kenny Pickett – Mike Tomlin plays this way. is like if you if you play a quarterback that you, that you can play, Mike Tomlin trusts you to do that. Now, if he sees – if it's a dire situation, like Kenny is completely immobile, he will tell him no. I mean, Ryan Clark will tell you Ryan Clark was ready to get back out there with his, with his sickle cell, uh, you know, trait and how it could have ended his life if he had played again when the Steelers had huge games in Denver and Mike Tomlin forbade it, um, you know, on multiple occasions. So there's times where I think that Mike Tomlin does step in, but if he's letting Kenny Pickett play, it's because he feels he can protect himself out there and he can be the better playmaker. It's not just the defense that has been slightly troubling, uh, Chris. It's been the offense, 29th in scoring per game, only 16.1 points per game. Obviously, the Titans defensively not as good as they have been in like the height of the Vrabel era. What, what do you see for this team offensively? What's gone wrong, and, and what do you kind of predict happening tomorrow? You know, a lot of people talk about Matt Canada's play calls and this, that, and the third, but you know, the more I look at the all 22, the play calls are fine. They have to execute. It's just getting – Mike Tomlin has this, has this thing, do routine things routinely. And if you go back and just look at the Jaguars game, first play of the game, Deontay Johnson's running a streak down the middle part of the field. Kenny Pickett leaves him just a little bit, but Deontay Johnson has a chance to catch the ball, bounces off his hands, hits the ground. Could have been a 50-yard play to open up the game. Might have even scored on it, and it would have changed the entire trajectory of the game. Later in the game, they're in the goal. They're in the uh, in, in a goal-to-go situation. Third down, they have uh, they have a simple two-on-two situation. Connor Hayward was a nice rub route. Deontay Johnson is walking into the end zone. Kenny Pickett doesn't see him. When he does see him, he throws it behind him, and it's a miss for what would have been an easy touchdown. Those two plays right there, they probably beat the Jaguars last weekend. And it's those things that added up throughout the years. And it's not just the week, excuse me. But it's not just Kenny Pickett. You know, there, there was a play that they had a wide open guy, but Chuksakor for just got dog walked into Kenny Pickett and gave up and gave up a sack. You know, it's just been things that are basic things like, hey, you do this simple thing, do your job well in this spot. And they're not asking you to be Patrick Mahomes falling backwards, going behind your back with your left hand fifty yards down the field. Just make the consistent throw here that an NFL player is supposed to make. Make this make this simple block here. Don't be driven into your quarterback. It's okay to get beat, but don't get crushed in those situations. And it's been coming from different spots all year. Even Isaac Sayamalo, the guy they brought in from the Eagles offensive line, did not play well in this last game. He called himself out for it. This has just been the problem with the Steelers' offense. They have to get it together. But I think one thing that they have against the Titans there is they still have George Pickens. And one thing that the Titans defense has really struggled with are guys who win those combat catches. And I think that's going to be a key that Kenny Pickett's going to lock into. He's going to give a lot of those back shoulder fades, a lot of those jump balls to George Pickens. And that could be the key to the Steelers offense, not necessarily breaking out and having a big game, but doing just enough against the Titans. And defensively, I think the Steelers, they know to limit Derrick Henry, and they know how to they, – they, the, the emergence of Joey Porter Jr. has really helped this secondary at least take away one wide receiver. I think that they'll limit DeAndre Hopkins, limit Derrick Henry, and once that happens, they'll, that'll lead to T.J. Watt and Alex Tyson and the return of Cam Hayward getting after Will Levis, making him make some rookie mistakes, and that leads to the Steelers winning. I've been saying 20 to 14. It'll still be a very close one. Um, so I, I believe if the if the if the over under was set at 36, I think you guys said. So 
So I think I have I have it just under that. Uh, but uh, I certainly think it's going to be a very competitive game. I think these two teams have a, a lot of similarities. Tough up front on the defense, mediocre on the offensive line, young quarterback still learning, playmakers in, in, at, at wide receiver. Um, still, so there's, I think this should be a really good contest on Thursday night. I can imagine the Steelers are smart enough to know that uh, DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to be a problem for them, given the fact that he just had three touchdowns last week. And Will Levis is probably smart <laughs> enough to know, hey, let's get D-Hop the ball a lot more this week. Joey Porter Jr. has really improved and gotten a lot more snaps and a lot more opportunity over the last month or so with that defense. How much, if at all, do you think we're going to see Joey Porter Jr. on something, somebody like D-Hop specifically? I think you'll see it quite a lot. I think mm-hmm. the, I think they kind of just put, roll out their defense in, in ways that they try to get certain matchups. Um, but I think they'll put Joey Porter Jr. on him with some with some safety help because Joey Porter Jr. is very much a press corner, and he is he's, he wants to jam you at the line, he wants to knock you off your route, to knock you off the rhythm with your quarterback. And if there's one thing that I think DeAndre Hopkins struggles with at this stage of his career, he's still one of the best receivers I've seen play in the NFL in the last ten years. But the one thing I think he's starting to struggle with is he is not like getting jammed right now. And I think if Joey Porter Jr. can just get that part of it and be not be afraid to be aggressive because the Steelers give him some safety help, that could be the thing that knocks him off knocks the ball. When the Steelers played the Rams a few weeks ago, Cooper Cup was held to just two catches, and they were able to keep him in check. Um, so I think that there's a chance that with Porter in the secondary, they still have Patrick Peterson um, there. He's more of a slot guy this year, more of a guy that kind of helps them with different matchups over the middle part of the field. But I think Joey Porter Jr., if he can, if he's up to task in this big game, there's going to be a lot more talking talking about him and maybe being defensive rookie of the year because he has made some big plays for the Steelers, including uh, a game-changing interception of Lamar Jackson in the end zone when he was covering Odell Beckham Jr. So I anticipate that being the plan. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is a great wide receiver. I think he's going to the Hall of Fame someday. But I think in this game, the Steelers, they should have a plan that should at least limit him um, and find ways to confuse the rookie quarterback and Will Levis. So D-Hop's receiving yards are set at 52.5. You think he'll go over or under that? I'll take an over there. Okay. I think that he'll get enough targets that he'll get, he'll get those yards in this game. Um, but I also, but and he might even score a touchdown. But I don't think he, in the key situations that he'll be able to break out in ways that that get them over the top. And that's one thing I actually kind of got into with Mike Tomlin during a press conference once because I brought up, you know, this was before the Rams game. Because I was asking with Puka Nakua and with Cooper Cup, you know, isn't it going to be a problem that you guys are giving up the eighth most yards to wide receivers in the NFL? And Mike Tomlin dismissed me. He's like, we don't care about random rankings on stats like that. We care about winning on, mo- on on money downs, winning on third down, winning on fourth down, having our assignments right. And you know what? If the guy gets a lot of yards but they still lose, we're fine with that. But we want to win situational football. And I thought that was interesting. At first I was like, man, that sounds crazy. But then you see games where Puka Nakua gets like 80 yards, and it's fine because he did it in situations that didn't hurt the Steelers. Heck, Devontae Adams had 172 yards and two touchdowns. But the Steelers kept kept them at paces parts of the game where it didn't crush the Steelers in those situations. I think DeAndre Hopkins, he's I mean, he's gonna you can't stop him all the time. He's gonna get his as we saw this past weekend. But if the Steelers can keep him out of doing that in crucial situations, that'll be the determining factor. So I say he hits the over on those yards and maybe he gets a touchdown. But I don't think that he is the factor that crushes the Steelers in this game 
if you will. When you look at the rest of the division, one of the toughest, if not the toughest division in all of football, the Ravens are 6-2, and two and they look like the real deal, but they've had some injury issues, obviously, the last couple of years, keeping Lamar healthy. The Browns are 4-3, and three, and that defense coming back down to earth a little bit, and Deshaun hasn't been right. And then the Bengals, they were zombies the first couple of weeks, and now they're on a three-game win streak. Who scares you the most in the AFC North, if you had to make a bet? Is it the Ravens, or is it the Browns or Bengals for you? I say the Bengals because when Joe Burrow gets going, man, he's so tough. And you got you got Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, and Lou Anarua is such a good defensive coordinator. I think he may even be in line for being the best coordinator of any unit in the NFL right now with the way that he calls that defense for the Bengals. I thought that defense was going to take a, a massive drop-off this year, and they did early on. Uh, but, you know, they lost both their starting safeties, Jesse Bates and Von Bell, to free agency. And I was like, man, those guys were so important to those playoff runs that the Bengals had. But they found ways to mitigate that in their last few games that they won. And so I'm impressed with that. The Ravens and the Steelers are, no matter what happens, those two teams, if one's terrible, one's great, doesn't matter who it is, those teams are going to come down to a one-game possession. It's just how that, that rivalry works. So it's less about being scared of the Ravens. It's more just being like, hey, show up on game day, make the right, the clutch plays at the clutch moments, and you'll pull it, pull it out there. But the Bengals, they have the matchups, especially on offense, to break games open a little bit more, and I think that could be the thing that gets the Steelers. As for the Browns, I mean, you kind of saw with how they, when, they, when they played each other the first time, um, the, the Steelers' defense is very opportunistic. If Deshaun Watson plays them again, he has not been good at protecting the football. I, I think the Browns had a very inspirational start to this year. Uh, I thought they got a few favors from the officials in, the, in their win over the Niners. And I thought the you know, Niners missing a very makeable kick in that game, you know, uh, certainly swayed a few things there. But I, I think the Browns are going to be coming down to earth a little bit in the coming, in the coming months here uh, in the NFL. And you'll start to see it'll be the Ravens, the Bengals, uh, you know, battling out for first. And I think the Steelers, they'll be the team that if someone falls a little bit too far and back in that race, the Steelers could sneak into the second spot. And I think that they could even be a real playoff contender. Heck, if the playoffs were to start today, they'd be in it and the Bengals would be out of it. But uh, I think the biggest thing is can the Steelers, if, if offensively, the Steelers can make routine plays routinely, if the defense can get healthy and 100% again, I think this team can be uh, uh, can battle with anybody in the AFC with the way that they play. Chris Carter, Locked On Steelers podcast, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Always love having you on, man. You know the hell out of the Steelers. Great stuff as always. Thanks for having me, y'all. Man, I'm, I'm definitely going over on uh, DeAndre Hopkins receiving yards, by the way. Yeah, when the, I'm in. the Steelers guy tells you, oh, yeah, he's probably going to yep. go off. He knows that he defense. Probably okay. going off. <laughs> when Mike Tomlin's like, we don't care about these effing yards. Let him get them. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let me make some money off of that, though. Looking at some of the other ones, Allen Robinson receiving yards only 14 and a half. Uh, Pickens also 52 and a half. Deontay Johnson 56 and a half. So we're kind of looking at every rec- top receivers here. I know. I know. I trust George Pickens over Deontay Johnson. Same. Same. But I just, I don't know. I worry about Kenny Pickett and that offense and week yeah. to week. Like, it's just. It's I think t- I'm off of all Steelers props. I think so. Might be a, like a, I might not have a prop in this game. You're a liar. You will. No, I really might not. You'll give in. Maybe some unders. What about like a Jalen Warren receptions or Jalen Warren receiving yards? Yeah, maybe something like that. Two I and a know. half for Jalen Warren. Will Levis rushing yards, ten and a half? Maybe. Maybe. You know what? Yeah, ten and a half. That might be good. That's a pretty low number. That might be a good luck. Get out and scramble a little bit. What about Derrick Henry? I didn't get traded over 71 and a half rushing yards. Happy to be here still. The Steelers' run defense is just so inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get. I know. All right. We'll wrap it up next. Bet MGM tonight.